You are listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Jason Rowland. I'm the senior pastor of Believers Baptist Church and one of the elders. And joining me on the podcast today is one of our other elders, Philip Castleton. We want to thank you for listening, whoever you may be and wherever you may be. May the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. Philip, I understand that your wife got you a new t-shirt. Yes, she just sent me a picture of it, and it says, um, unmasked, unmuzzled, unvaccinated, and unafraid. Well, wait a minute. I mean, considering this political climate, we still got remnants of the pandemic. Do you think that's the right attitude, Dad? Hey, man, don't judge me. (laughs) Don't judge me. You know what the Bible says about that? Yes. And, and I don't even know where it says it, but it says, thou shalt not judge. Judge not, thus you be judged. That's what it says. Don't yeah. judge me. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Okay, let's fair enough. Let's talk about that. What does it mean to judge not? It is a phrase that has been used countless times uh, during contentious conversations, sure. during uh, defensive moments when someone is confronted about their behavior. Do not judge. This is Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge or um, do not judge that you be not judged, I should say. Mm -hmm. And we'll just leave it there for a moment. I mean, those are the famous words of Jesus, probably the most famous words that he spoke, actually, um, in especially our culture. Uh, But they're probably the most profoundly misunderstood words that he ever spoke. I think you're right. And again, I think it um, is frequently misapplied because people want to defend their behavior. I think so. In fact, it's so funny because um, I heard Paul Washer one time when someone said to him, judge not, lest you be judged. His response was, uh, don't misquote the scripture lest you be like Satan. (laughs) 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 Or something like that. Don't misuse scripture lest you be like Satan. And and that's exactly the point because people remove this from its context to either um, excuse their own sin or excuse some kind of passive indifference right, right? they don't want to they don't want to be the one who uh, makes any kind of judgment call so they they use a, a right. verse like this I, I would think that that particular way that we misapply that to text mm-hmm. um, is probably more frequent and more um, prevalent in the church well I can't confront yeah. um, I can't deal with the sin in my brother's eye um, because yeah. well I just can't judge that. Um, which is the opposite of what Scripture tells us to do. Yeah, in fact, it's funny because he's going to actually go on. The, the very thing you just said, you know, the, this log in my brother's eye kind of thing, this speck mm-hmm. in my brother's eye, he's actually going to go on and, and, and deal with that in this text, mm-hmm. talking about judging and so forth. This right. is actually the context of that. Right. So uh, of all the verses in the New Testament, of all the the words of Jesus um, this probably is the, as we said, the verse most uh, misapplied, most quoted to shield um, oneself um, from the uh, confrontation that needs to happen in their life. Yeah, I, I think that I think two. I, I do. I think that's probably the primary one. The other one is I'm doing something that I know I shouldn't do, but I don't want you pointing it out. 
Right. So I say, judge, don't you judge me, you right. know, judge not, let's be judged, that kind of thing. So they use it to excuse personal sin, right? Right. Let, let the person without sin cast the first stone. That, it's that kind of thing, right? Right. Or they'll, they might not even use those words, but they'll say something like, um, aren't we all sinners? Yeah. Um, doesn't God have the right to judge that? Who are you? Yeah. Only God, only God can judge me. Right. I've heard that one before. Right, right. exactly. Well, that's funny. But, but so, so that we're clear is that we know we can, we can go to other scriptures and be clear that what we're not being told to do is be undiscerning. Right. We're not told not to make um, discriminating judgments. Right. Right. We're not told not to recognize sin and call it out for what it is. That is not what's being dealt with. That's right. And we can actually look at a, a couple of texts really quickly that would make that point. Romans 16, the, the verses 17 through 19, I, I, mean, I could read them, but the long and short of it is that they instruct us to use discernment to determine who is divisive, discern their false doctrine, and then act on that information by avoiding them. Right. He's called us to be wise in that sense. Right. You got it in front of you? No, I actually turned to uh, Galatians, Galatians chapter 1. Okay. What does um, it say? Verses 8 and 9 that speak to this. I'm sorry, I'm in Ephesians. Let me go to Galatians. I started to read that, and I thought, that doesn't sound right. Verse 8 and 9 of Galatians 1. But even, this is Paul writing, but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one that you received, let him be accursed. Yeah, so he's making a judgment call here. He's yes. In fact, he's calling on these Galatian believers to distinguish between true doctrine, false doctrine, True uh, gospel, false gospel, right? Right. And then to act upon that judgment. Yes. To do something. In fact, in this case, to consider them accursed or anathema, right? To, 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 uh, so it's not that case. We have the text in Matthew 18 that talks about church discipline. Well, how in the world are we ever supposed to, to exercise church discipline if we don't make a judgment call um, based on what is right and what is wrong. Right. We have the text and staying within the, the, the book of Galatians, beginning there in chapter 1. Brothers, if uh, chapter 6, verse 1, I'm sorry. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Yeah. So, but I can't do that if I can't make judgment calls. Right. I can't do that if discernment and discretion um, aren't aren't realities. In fact, what's so funny about the misunderstanding of all this is we all judge, we all are discerning, we all are discriminating every day. Yes. Um, you know, um, we we choose hamburgers over tacos or, or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. Chocolate we, over vanilla. Yeah, th- that's those are judgment calls. Those are discriminations. If you hired, if you called a babysitting agency. Right, mm-hmm. and you were going to hire a babysitter from this agency, sight unseen. They show up at your door. You and your um, husband, you and your wife, are about to go out on, on to eat dinner, and this uh, person knocks at your door, and you open the door, and they have a shirt that says "Pedophilia Rocks." <laughs> All right. Yeah. Who am I to judge? No, you would immediately say, "I don't think so." Right. You ain't coming in my house. Right. You know, when you, if you're a boss, you hire people, you make discriminations all the time. 
that we're called to do so. And even in the context of our, of our, our lives uh, and, and how this is spelled out in the context of the church and doctrine and teaching and false teachers and stuff, we are called to make distinctions, discernments. We're called to be judges of, of fruit even. Right. Um, so let's go back to uh, the Matthew um, Sermon on the Mount. And, and I'll just read the text, mm-hmm. and then let's come back and, and talk about it. So okay. I'm just reading verses 1 through 6 of chapter 7. Judge not that ye be not judged, for with the judgment ye pronounce, ye will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Right. So, going back to everything that we've already said prior to just reading that text, um, we once again say that what is being prohibited here is the idea of judgmentalism, a harsh or bitter or a self-righteous kind of judgmentalism. Sure. Well, yeah, and I want to make a note uh, um, because if, if we have strong feelings about the sins of others and they don't elicit in us strong feelings about our own sins... Then we're, hip- we're 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 hypocrites, right? Okay, so that is uh, one of the things that's being dealt with in the Sermon on the Mount in itself is right. that our hearts are supposed to be, um, you know, governed by mercy and grace and recognize these things, but we're not supposed to be hypocrites, and so we are supposed to um, uh, recognize the sins in others and be fruit judges, right? right. But they're supposed to elicit in ourselves a self-examination to make sure that we're not guilty of the same. That's right, brother. And which is the whole context, the, the idea of hypocritical judgment. Yes. That, that is the whole um, um, theme that is running through these verses. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and by the way, so, so let's make this clear. If, 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 this is, if we hold to the common view that this verse teaches us not to judge, this this kind of logic would in fact lead to treating good and evil the same. Yes. Making no moral distinctions at all. And like I said, that would actually fly in the face of everything the scripture tells us to do. Um, namely, be distinct from the world and be more righteous than the Pharisee, which is really what's being played out, right? Yes. You're supposed to look different than the world and you're supposed to be more righteous than the Pharisee. But how can I do either one of those if I'm not supposed to make any kind of judgment call on what is right or what is wrong? I'm supposed to treat them differently, but I can't treat them differently if I make no moral distinction between the two. Yes. Right? Right. So we can't, we can recognize from the beginning that that's not what it means to be judgment. I think you're absolutely right when you say really what's being condemned is um, judgmentalism. Right. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, the tendency that we have is to inspect the micro, right? To nitpick right. people. I can see your sin so easily. Yeah, but I can't see my own. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is exactly what he's going to go on. In fact, I, in my notes, uh, broke it down in, in, I think, four reasons why we're not supposed to judge or what it means not to judge, right? right. Four particular ones. And the first one, I think, um, is 
is we will we ourselves are going to be judged. Yes. Right. So uh, what um, the first reason. And and understand if we're believers, we're not judged in the same way that non-believers are. This Correct. isn't talking about judicial, um, you know. This is talking about uh, disciplined, right? Chastisement, right. the judgment of loss of or rewards, right? That kind of thing. But um, uh, or even rest in the relationship. Yes, uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. harmony and mm-hmm. and and um, and communion. But but what it doesn't it doesn't mean that um, that don't judge because. Um, I'm going to be judged as an unbeliever will be right. judged. That's not what's being communicated. Right. But judgment, nevertheless, needs to be at the forefront of our thinking. When I when I choose to be critical of my neighbor, right, right. need to think, uh, I'm going to sit in judgment one day, which really leads us to the second reason, because um, the judgment that we pronounce on our neighbor will be the same level of judgment, in essence, that uh, w- will be exercised upon us. In essence, um, I'm setting a standard. Mm-hmm. For for judgment, right? Right. Isn't that what what the text is saying? Yeah. The the problem is, is your standard is based on you and what your preference or right. your idea is, and when you do that, then you create an opportunity, um, as you're saying, for you to be judged by that same standard. I know, but here's and here's what's interesting about that though, because then um, there's a misunderstanding here as well. So then, what we're not saying is that if I make a censor a censorious um, hasty, um, um, uh, unrighteous, uh, self-righteous judgment mm-hmm. that God is going to use those same things to judge me. That He is not censorious or unrighteous or That's hasty. Right. That's so, right. so he's not doing that. What's being communicated here is that, because God is always perfect, righteous, and, and just, is that um, when I place myself in the place of a judge and I pronounce judgment on my neighbor, I'm saying I have enough knowledge to be a judge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. James says it this way, not everybody should be teachers right? because the teacher's held to a different standard. Mm-hmm. When a, t- a teacher stands up and, and says, I know enough to teach, he's saying, I know enough to be judged by the standard. Mm-hmm. And so if you have enough, if you know enough to cast judgment on your brother, then you're establishing a standard, mm-hmm. and you're saying, I know enough to be judged by that same standard. Mm-hmm. So we need to be careful, right, right. that we <laughs> don't set a standard mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, that, that we can't live up to, right? right? Uh, the strictness to which that we're judged. Uh, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes, I would, I, I would think that when we have set up standards of our own making, um, and... and the standard for myself is going to be much easier, but the standard I'm going to set up for you uh-huh. is going to be um, tremendous. Unequal weights and measures. Right. Right. The Bible says he abhors unequal weights and measures. Right. So what do I do? Am I, am, I, am I setting the same measure and standard for myself that I am the other? Right. right. That's exactly the point. Because what is our greatest need on the day of, of judgment? Mercy, mercy, right? James 2.13 says, For judgment is without, without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Uh, judgment For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. In essence, mercy triumphs over judgment, judgment. right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the point. Um, so if, we're, if we recognize that there's a standard and we're going to actually hold ourselves to an equal weight and measure like you just talked about, if we could actually do that rightly, we would recognize, I don't want to be judged by that standard. Right. So give your neighbor that benefit. Right. Right? Right. Reason number three. 
it says in verse three, why do you see that speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own? Mm-hmm. This per, this actually says that we're incapable of right judgment. Right. Right. At least as long as, and this is in the context of judgmentalism, not making distinctions and right, right. discernments, but he's saying, I, I, as, as a, if I'm going to be judgmental, as long as that log is in my eye, I'm not capable of rightly judging my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And if I'm incapable of it, I probably ought to steer clear until the log has been removed, right? Right. right. Um, I, I, let me tell a little story. Um, perhaps this is... Um, in the context of what we're talking about now, um, I had received a text from um, somebody who um, had attended our church years and years ago, has not been faithful to the church in many, many years, right? Um, and has, through the years, given me various reasons why they couldn't. Um, and he sent me a text last Friday. First time I heard from him, probably um, several years, actually. And um, he said, hey, I wanted to thank you for helping me um, come back or come to God. And um, I don't know if I'll come back, but I just wanted to thank you. And my first reaction was was anger, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and... And and so I started typing that text, and you know, then I cleared it, and I just put it down. And and we've gone through, um, we went through Saturday, and Sunday, and then late last night, not real late. I was actually in the press box doing a uh, track meet, and um, I thought I'll just answer him. And I answered him, and um, basically I just I said, um, if you um, don't repent and return. Um, you are heaping up wrath on yourself. And those are the words that I, I said, right. because you know better, and you know what you should do. Right. Um, and several other things that I said. And I sent the text, and he uh, called me um, within minutes of receiving that. And he said, hey, um, I just wanted to talk with him and... Um, Remember, I got fired from my job, and I had to work on Sundays. And um, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. You did tell me that years ago. It's been a long time. And I'm not saying that having to work on Sunday is always an excuse, but what I am saying is, in the context of our conversation, perhaps I was a a bit hasty in my judgment. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I should have um, had a little... um, better response than what I did. What I said was true, mm-hmm. and I don't apologize for it. But um, And I've had um, multiple conversations with him since then, and everything's fine. But um, yeah, I even had a conversation with him before we came and started recording these podcasts. Um, but, but my whole point is that judgmentalism, and, and see, my whole demeanor because of my frustration and anger over um, his uninvolvement. And uh, it wasn't only just attendance. I mean, it, it wasn't that he just worked. I mean, there was no connection to the church whatsoever. My anger responded um, perhaps in a judgmental way. Right. Um, and maybe that would be something that you and I can talk off more, uh, talk on more off air. But sure. um 
we're, we're so easy. The, the point is we're so easy to, to be, qu- and we're so quick to be critical uh, in a judgmental way. Yeah, yeah, we are. I know that I have the same kind of tendency sometimes, and I have to think long and hard about how I respond or should I respond or what's motivating my response and those kind of things. Because, um, yeah, we have a tendency to so quickly want to see everybody else's need right and and not recognize that well and the problem is like i said the, the text would say we the reason we can't rightly see the reason we're incapable of right judgment most of the time is because there's a log in our own eye exactly and um now in and that would mean that that lead to the next reason in verse four when it says um let me take the speck out of your eye right mm-hmm. no, no you're not even capable right you're not, you're incapable of right. helping. Right. So um, until you you get the log out of yours, you can't make right judgment, but you're also incapable of helping. Right. And um, and that's my point of telling that story. Yeah. However, I will, I will say this, and, and I don't know, that it sounds almost arrogant to say this, but there was a righteous anger because, I mean, this was someone I baptized. Right. This was someone I um, personally felt like that they had come to faith in Christ, you know, and, and he's saying, I don't know if I'll come back. Those are his words. And, I, and I'm like, you can't say that. You are going apostate yeah. if you do that. Well, you know what's interesting about this whole thing, and I would agree with you, and we'll talk more about that here okay. in a minute, because right. I actually do think that was, from my perspective, I don't know the whole situation, that was probably an appropriate response, but... But the response, the appropriateness of the response actually hinges on the position of your heart toward that man. Yes. And and that's where the that's what the text is driving. Yes, at. yes, you're right. The text is actually saying that if you're if you were a judgmental in your attitude about him, right? Mm-hmm. That you and there's a and there's a sin, a similar sin. There's something in your life mm. that makes it so easy for you to recognize the sin in his, but not in yours. Yes, you've not dealt rightly with the situation. That's correct. Because he's going to go on to tell us specifically not to give the pearls to swine, you know, and to the holy to give to the dogs what is holy. Right. He's going to say specifically here in just a minute: you must do the right thing. You must make moral judgments. You must to be discriminating in your actions. What's the imperative to this whole text is deal with your sin yes. so that you can rightly deal with their sin. It's not don't judge. It's make sure you've rightly evaluated yourself, dealt with your sin. And this is why I've noted a minute ago, the most important <coughs> thing that we need to get from the beginning is when I see a sin in others, it should elicit self-examination Make me look, respond rightly, radically to the sin in my own life. Not only for the fellowship that has been broken because of my sin with Christ, but because then once that sin's been dealt with, I have the right vision and the right capacity, the capability to help my brother in his position. I can't do that as long as I have unconfessed, um, unrecognized sin in me. Right. That's the goal, the point to this, so that I can deal with my brother. Yes. It goes back to the passage that we quoted in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. 
Keep watch on yourselves. So that you don't fall in the same temptation. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the, maybe the point there is you who are spiritual, you, not, not, not in the sense that you who are saved, but you who, are, who have dealt with the sin, mm-hmm. your similar sin in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Those who have, who have recognized, uh, because I see pride in my brother, I've examined my heart, I've confessed my pride, I've dealt with it, right? I've come before God humble, I come before my brother humble, and instead of being judgmental, I have a, a, a right vision and, and steady hands to be able to remove the speck mm-hmm. that's in my brother's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to damage him in the process. Okay. Can you imagine trying to do eye surgery with a, a, a telephone pole sticking out of your face? <laughs> I mean, you would so damage your neighbor, right? right. And that's the point, right? right. It would You're, be an impossibility. And no love, right? I'm incapable. I don't have the capacity. Um, I'm not motivated right. But this is the point. You get to verse 5. Um, you hypocrite, take the log out of your own eye. Mm-hmm. And then you will see clearly to what? Take the speck out of your brother's eye. Mm-hmm. So this has never from the beginning been don't act on, don't point out, don't respond to, don't have a discriminating thought about or word about the sin in your brother's life. Mm-hmm. We are absolutely called to do that. Mm-hmm. But when we see the sin in our brother's life, it should first make me go, how has that sin got a hold of me and that I don't see? We seek out to remove the log, and then I can go and I address my brother. And then the text goes on, right? right. Verse 6, don't give dogs what is holy. Don't throw pearls before the pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. And this final this verse, this final verse is, is, is concerned with balancing our view on the subject, yes. right? Uh, we, 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 we must not be judgmental. We must be discriminating, mm-hmm. right? I must not be harsh, but I must care enough for my neighbor to point out his sin, Right. right? So I can't, so the, the point in all of this is, you see the sin, look to yourself, mm-hmm. deal with your sin, and then go and deal with your brother's sin. Right. That, that's the point. Yes. Discrimination is not what's being abolished in right. this text. Right. It's um, hypocrisy. That's being abolished in this text. Right. So let's use a contemporary, uh, in our culture, example of this. So if we have um, um, a person who is choosing a homo- homosexual lifestyle, and then we have a Christian um, brother. Let, let's just use you and I as an example. So we know this mutual person, we, we know, and they're continuing in a pattern, in a rebellious pattern of homosexuality. And um, I say, you know what, Philip, that's wrong. We, we, we really need to go deal with that. And we need to talk with this person. And you say, well, wait a minute. No, let's don't judge her. Mm-hmm. That is not what is being talked about here. No. And it's not. You're right. Absolutely. That's not what's being articulated. And it's also not being articulated, yeah, that you, you look at your friend and you see that, um, you know, they're going out on Saturday night and they're partying down and sometimes that means coming home was going home with somebody or you know whatever but they're doing all this stuff they're getting drunk regularly they're doing these things and you go you know who am i to judge you know back when i was a teenager i slept with my boyfriend before i got married or i slept with my girlfriend all right so i can't judge i did the well no 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 no. that's not what that's saying either right what it is saying is if if that's unconfessed or if that's still ongoing repent do something about it right deal with the sin in your life right and then 
go and address them in their sin. It also doesn't mean that you're disqualified because you've ever committed the same sin. In fact, it might be the thing that qualifies you the most to address them in their sin. Yeah. But it can't be while it's ongoing and, and it's still a, 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 an issue in your life. Right. You recognize that sin. Make sure that sin is not a reality in you. Right. And then go address your sin. Right. And then taking another example from what we see so... Um, pushed and made popular um, in our culture is this idea of gender identity. And so we we as Christians, we read the headlines, we hear the news reports, we're seeing all the things that are coming across Baptist press and uh, through uh, Baptist um, um, news. And um, we look at it and we try to think about it biblically. And if we come up with that our biblical thinking is well, we really can't judge these people, then, then no, we haven't dealt with it biblically. That is not what the Bible would say. No, we should not treat them uh, dishonorably. No, we should not um, hate them or be abusive to them. Um, but neither should we say to them, it's okay for you to continue in what you're doing. Yeah. We we ought to in love and the most loving thing that we can do and certainly say it in grace. This this is to your spiritual death. Yeah, and this is I think that many people they like you said they un unwanting and this will reference all the way back to the beginning of the text why we think people reference this way most of the time you know they don't want their own sin recognized or they just want to be passive indifferent or, or whatever right. the case may be but I think in some situations I, the refusal to um, interject or, or confront your brother in their sin is often because they recognize that they have been guilty of the same thing, yes, right? right? They don't want their own sin uh, magnified or mm. whatever the case is. Who are you to judge me? You know, you do so-and-so. Mm. Well, and this is why it's so important that you rightly deal with your sin first. And then don't let the accusation of being a, a, a sinner stand in your way. Right. Of course I'm a sinner, and I needed grace, just like you need, and it's found in Christ. He says, repent and believe, right? right? I mean, of course I did that, and I've dealt with it. I came to Christ, confessed my sin. I don't do it anymore. I've turned from it. I've repented. But if you don't, there's real judgment to be found. Turn from your sin. Be be found in Christ, right? Accept the grace that's found in, in repentance and and, and belief, I mean, that's the point. You can't, if you think to yourself, well, I'm not going to judge my neighbor because, you know, I've been guilty too. Everybody's guilty. If only the person who is innocent, and this is what I think most people think, is the only person who can be discriminating, then we're going to have a world full of undiscriminating people. Right. Because nobody's innocent except for Jesus Christ. Right. right? And we're not going to know uh, truth from lie. Yeah, and we're, we're going to treat them the same. We're going to yeah. be morally, we're going to be, in fact, maybe that's what this is. Maybe um, moral indifference and treating uh, right and wrong the very same, the way our culture does, uh, in, in a real sense and confusing those things, has stemmed from um, a, a refusal to judge. Right. For so long. Yes. A refusal to, to, uh, to, to be discriminating in any way has led to... Um, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
and removal of yeah, and indifference to moral distinctions and and so forth, which we're called to recognize. Right, and this is why, though, going back to one thought that you had just a moment ago about the accusations that the sinner might make against us, it is true. Yes, we are sinners. We need grace. What you said is absolutely spot on, but it's also just a very gentle reminder that as believers, we must live lives that are consistent with God's Word yeah. and not get caught in a pattern of sin that can be pointed out. Short list. Got to keep a short list with right. God, right? Right. Always confessing, always repenting, always believing. Yes. Not getting uh, in, trapped in, into sin and going back to being a slave of sin. Right. Um, and being careful that we're consistent with uh, our obedience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I hope and pray, and I know this is Philip's prayer as well, that this podcast has been helpful to you, and it is always our desire that you would be helped and encouraged in your spiritual walk, and may you grow in grace and knowledge and be filled with the knowledge of His will, and our prayer is that perhaps this podcast would be of some help. We always, again, appreciate any ratings or reviews any uh, word of mouth that uh, would help uh, get this podcast out to other people that perhaps would be helped. And may the Lord bless you. Amen.